Well, good morning. It is, as you watch this, Resurrection Sunday. Easter Sunday. What a day of celebration. What an amazing joy of a day. What a glorious day, as the song goes. Um, I'm so happy to be able to celebrate this day with you. Um, I thought I probably should say something about my setting here. You might not know, if, if you're watching this online and you've never been to Gospel Church before, you might not know, we're, we're a country church. We are a rural church. Um, and so in this day of isolation, when you have a lot of people have to keep to their properties, I thought, hey, let's keep to our property. <laughs> uh, this, is, this is actually my folks farm. Uh, but I thought in this, in this time of, of isolation where a lot of people are stuck inside, it might be good to do this out in the vastness rather than uh, I've seen a lot of people recording messages and sermons in, in their offices at the moment. And, and we've been doing a few of them ourselves. But we thought, hey, why not give this a go? So I'm going to pray for us. And then we're going to get into looking at what Jeff read out for us before. Jesus, thank you for the cross and thank you for the empty grave. Please, Lord, Help us to see them more clearly today, to look to the founder and perfecter of our faith, Jesus, who finished his work and rose again victorious over death and sin. Turn our eyes to you, Lord, in faith today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let me start today by asking you a question. What is the most shockingly good thing that ever happened to you? Surprisingly good out of the blue good that happened to you. You know, maybe an old friend or a relative visited without any warning from a long way away. Maybe, maybe you received an extravagant gift unexpectedly. Or maybe, maybe you got a job that you didn't think you were going to get that was, you felt like you're punching over your weight. You know what I mean? Maybe just something happened out of the blue, you know? You didn't enter the lottery, but hey, $10 million. I wouldn't be opposed. But uh, I, I remember before my wife, Crystal, and I were married, before we were even dating, actually, uh, I asked her to go to a dance with me. Uh, you, uh, you might think that it was kind of obvious what would happen next, perhaps, uh, but it wasn't for me. Uh, I, was, I was a bit nervous, to be honest. I thought I was punching above my weight and that um, she could well say no. Uh, and, and honestly, I still do feel like I'm punching above my weight. So uh, victory points for John. But um, she said yes. I was so nervous, but, but so elated when she said yes, she would go to this dance with me. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it was much of a surprise to her, just as a side note, um, you know. Uh, it was, I was fairly obvious in where I was going with all this, but, uh, but it was such a joyful shock to me that she said yes. Yeah, I remember, I remember we were at my house and after she'd left, I went into the kitchen and I did like a little victory dance thing. It was great um, and, and probably really embarrassing on camera now that I think about it. Uh, <laughs> well, today is, as we've said, Resurrection Sunday. And today we're looking at perhaps uh, at one of the two most significant moments in history, but also probably at the most surprising moment in human history. This really did come in a lot of ways out of the blue for a lot of people. It's a startling moment that we're looking at today. I mean, can you imagine it? Can you, can you imagine the confusion, the fear, the wonder as your fear turned to joy, right? 
Jesus was alive again. Imagine you were one of these disciples. You know, you spent years following this guy, Jesus. You spent years learning to trust him, believing in him, watching him do next level stuff, you know, healing the sick. We're not talking about an achy back here, you know, crippled walking, casting out demons before your very eyes, calming a storm by just saying, be quiet, walking on water, and, and teaching with authority. You'd even come to believe that this was the Christ. This was God's sent king, God's saviour coming into the world. But on Friday, just gone, on Friday you watched him die. You watched as they nailed him to a cross. You watched as he breathed his last breath. You heard him say, it is finished, but you probably didn't understand that at the time. To you, it looked like this man, this Jesus, that you had trusted in, that you'd believed in. It looked to you like he was gone, dead, never to come back. A failure, perhaps. You know, what would you have thought? Maybe it just wasn't real. Maybe, maybe I tricked myself. I don't know. In fact, he wasn't just gone. Uh, that wasn't their only problem. Jeff read for us before that the disciples here are behind locked doors for fear of the Jewish authorities. There's a good reason for that. Jesus had been killed. He hadn't just died of natural causes. He had been killed quite intentionally by the authorities. He had been decisively declared to be an enemy of both the Jewish religious establishment and of the Jewish nation. And that, de that decisive statement came in the form of his death on a cross. Imagine the fear that you would have felt. The terror. Are they going to do this to me? Are they going to throw, throw me in prison? If they did that to the leader, what would they do to the follower? So there you are, you're hiding behind locked doors like a trapped rat and you don't know what to do and then just boom, there he is. <laughs> the wording there is, John, is so unclear. Uh, I, I love it. Uh, the doors being locked, Jesus came and stood among them. How did that happen? I probably just maxed out a microphone to say that, but, but it's worth it. How did it happen? Did he walk through a wall? Did he, did he fly through a window? Did he miraculously unlock the door? Read some commentaries if you want. They all theorize about what happened here and none of them really know. <laughs> um, however he did it, there he is. Jesus, the living Jesus, resurrected, scars and all, standing in front of them. People te don't tend to do this. I don't know if you've noticed. Um, the, the norm, the norm for thousands of years of human history is that people were born and then they live and then they die. And that's kind of the end of it as far as we're concerned. Thousands of years. That's all that has happened. 
And then here's Jesus. And he just waltzes in like it's normal. What does this mean? What, what could this mean? And not just for them. What does this mean for us 2,000 years on today? What does it mean for us who believe in it? What does it mean to believe that Jesus was raised? Do you believe that Jesus was raised? Can I ask? If you don't, think about it. We're going to talk a bit more about this, but he calls you to believe and he calls you to do so for your salvation. But what does it mean for us to believe that he was raised? And I'm going to spend the rest of our time today looking at five things, five things that it means for us to believe that Jesus was raised. Number one, first, to believe that Jesus was raised is to believe that he is who he said he was. Jesus, I don't know if you're familiar, made some crazy bananas comments about himself. Yes, crazy bananas just became a phrase. He claimed in John 3.18, just to give one example, because he said this one a lot, to be the son of God. He claimed that he was the resurrection and the life. He claimed, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That is, the way to the Father is Jesus. The truth that gets you there is Jesus. The life that you receive when you get there is Jesus. Those who would have, those things would have seemed such strange comments, wouldn't they, beforehand at the time? But they, don't they seem different? Don't they seem in a new light when you have the man in front of you who was dead and is now alive? Who else but the Son of God? Who else but the resurrection and the life? Who else but the way, the truth, and the life to the Father could stand alive before you after dying so explicitly, so publicly, so obviously on a cross. He is who he said he is. Number two, to believe that Jesus was raised is to believe that he has done what he said he would. The cross of Jesus truly did defeat sin and death. On Friday, we looked at the work of Jesus on the cross, the finished work at the cross. At the cross, Jesus carried all the punishment for our sin and so defeated our sin and our death. The resurrection of Jesus decisively declares the reality of that victory. The Bible teaches that all have sinned and that death is the punishment for sin, it's the consequence of sin. So if you find yourself faced with a man who death could not hold down, then you can be certain that this is a man who has overcome the grave, who has overcome the sin that takes us to the grave. And not just his sin, not just his grave, but ours. Jesus offered forgiveness to all who would believe in him and the resurrection shows that that is a valid offer. That is an offer that stands today. Believe the truth 
that Jesus truly was raised, that he has overcome your death and received life in his name. There is no other way. Look around you. Look at this world. No one else else offers victory over your very literal grave. It's not a thing. But Jesus overcame it. Let, let me just say, you might be thinking, well, that's great, but there's no evidence that he actually rose. And, and, and I would actually seriously ask you, have you checked? Now, I can't offer you the video of Jesus walking out of the grave. But think about this. Let me just give you one thing. Jesus, Jesus raised from the dead is not something that happened in a vacuum, and it's not something that happened apart from history. In fact, the Bible makes the audacious claim that hundreds of people saw Jesus raised. Hundreds. And, and the closest followers of Jesus, who all claim to have seen him raised, you might think, oh, well, they just, they just did that because they could benefit from it. You know, they wanted to keep this thing going. But they, most of them, a large majority of them, died because they claimed that he was raised. They died because they refused to say that he was not raised. Think about that. Fed to lions, nailed to crosses, burned alive, because they believed that they knew the one who had conquered death. It's the only reason you do that. They believed they'd seen him with their own eyes. Number three. To believe that Jesus was raised means that fear is turned to gladness and peace. Yeah, I love the beautiful turnaround that we see here in John's Gospel. John chapter 20, that Jeff read to us. When they believed that Jesus was dead, what were they doing? They were cowering. They were behind locked doors. They were terrified with good reason. They don't know what to do and they're feeling defeated. And then they discover that Jesus is raised. And John tells us there, then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And he said to them, peace be with you. Their hearts come under gladness and peace and out of fear and terror. This is a fact that works out in really real ways today for us. Not just for those disciples. If Jesus is alive, then I have nothing to fear. Not to say that we don't fear, that we don't have fears as Christians, by the way. But if Jesus is raised what is there really, logically, for me to fear? You know, within myself, I could have feared my brokenness and my sin and its destructiveness on me. Jesus overcame it. Jesus won. He has delivered me from the punishment of my sin. He is delivering me and has promised that he will deliver me from the power of my sin. And he will one day Remove me from the presence of my sin.
I will live in a new creation with him. And, and I can know it for sure because he rose. Outside of myself, I had no such, uh, I, sorry, I had so much to fear. There is so much in the world that could destroy me, so much in the world that could end me, crush me, defeat me. But Jesus has overcome death. He has overcome death. So even if the worst, worst case scenario happens and I die, I will live forever with him. My grave has been overcome. And even more than that, I have the joy of forever being in the presence of the God who made me to find my deepest joy in being with him, enjoying him. I said this the other day, I'll do it again. This is such a powerful truth for us now, here and now. In a day when death is looming and panic and fear is spreading, if you have believed in Jesus, then death, death does not get the last laugh. So when fears rise, and they do rise, and we do struggle with fears, but when they do, we can look to this truth and know. Gladness and peace are ours because Jesus rose. Fourth, to believe that Jesus was raised is to be one who is sent with power to spread the good news. As soon as the disciples discovered that Jesus was raised, he said to them, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Jesus was sent to spread the word of God and to do the works of God. It comes up again and again and again in John's Gospel. Like 50 or so times it talks about the sending of Jesus and again and again he is sent to do the work of God and he's sent to speak the words of God. And we Christians, we are sent in the same way. We are sent to spread the word about Jesus and to do the works of Jesus. That is to express his love as we are experiencing his love. And just like they received the Spirit of God, so have we. We have the breath of God in us. His Spirit empowers us to go on the mission day by day. Christians, go out in power. Know that whatever the context, you are sent there with power to represent God by speaking the word of the gospel there and by showing its reality in your acts of Christ-like love. And you can know certainly that you do go with this power on this mission, because the power was displayed perfectly in the raising of Jesus from the dead. Fifth, finally, to believe that Jesus was raised is to be one who lives with death-defeating, world-conquering, joy-bringing, undefeatable hope. On Friday, we read those words in, in John 19 of Jesus on the cross when he said, It is 
finished. And it was all of the work to save the world, all of the work to redeem his people and to redeem the creation was completed when Jesus died and rose again. All of the work needed to save you, no matter who you are, if you believe. But there is a day coming, the Bible says, when he will say, it is done. In Revelation 21, John, John, the same guy, by the way, who wrote this gospel, the same guy who saw Jesus raised with the other disciples here, has a vision of a new creation, a new heavens and a new earth, he says. And at the center is a throne. And on the throne is God and the Lamb. That is, Jesus is on the throne. And for all eternity, from then on, in this redeemed world, for all eternity, God is glorified and his people have joy. And here's what John writes. Hear the echo of John's gospel here. Hear the echo of Jesus' words on the cross. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give from the spring of the water of life uh, without price. The one who conquers will have this, inherit this heritage. And I will be his God and he will be my son. The work that Jesus completed at the cross will be fully realized one day when he comes back. This world will be changed. He will make all things new. And those who have believed will be welcomed in. And hear that note of warning there because it is there. Those who have not believed, and belief is the only difference, will not be welcomed in. This is an unshakable hope for the believer in Jesus. He is coming back. And it is unshakable because it is sealed with the resurrection. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we know that his purposes can't be thwarted. He cannot be defeated. He will return and we will have joy with him forevermore. If you've not believed in the risen Jesus, then let me strongly encourage you. Find this surprising truth. Find the most powerful joy there is. Step into freedom by believing in Jesus. <sighs> Believe that he died from your sin, uh, for your sin, and so turn from your sin. Believe that he was raised to new life and be saved from your death. Believe that he truly is the Son of God. Believe that he really has finished the work of saving you. Have your fear turn to gladness and peace 
and joy in spreading the good news to others and live as one who has undefeatable hope because of the finished work of Jesus. Would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you that you went to that cross for us and that you went to that grave for us to finish the work of saving us, Lord, and that the finished work is displayed. It is victoriously, triumphantly displayed in the fact that you walked out of that grave. Lord, I know there are those listening who you are calling out of the grave, who you are calling from the death of sin to the life that is in your presence. I pray that you would give them faith that grows and grows. Saving faith, Lord. I pray for us, for everyone who is listening, that we would grow in faith, that we would believe more and more and trust you more and more day by day, that we would live as people who know the Lord who who has finished it, and that we would live in the hope of the day when the completion of your work is displayed and you say, it is done. Pray it in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen.